We'll begin reading in just a moment in Numbers chapter 35, but we want to begin this morning in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. So again, go ahead and mark in your Bible the book of Numbers chapter 35 and turn over to the book of Hebrews chapter 6. We want to read a little bit in uh, the 6th chapter of Hebrews in a little while, but I want to read one verse and then I want to go back into the book of Numbers for just a minute. And as we're about to read this one verse, I want you to think about what it means to seek asylum. When I say seek asylum, it means to flee to another country or to another place to escape persecution or various things. You're seeking a place of safety where you're safe. Now I want you to think of where's a safe place in the world? Now, just before we, we, we began our worship service, we already talked about that seemingly there's places in our communities that are not safe. Sadly enough, you can go out and do your everyday life and you're not safe, whether it's in schools or shopping centers, churches. I'll even say, even in the womb of, of the mother, a human being is not safe. There's lots of places that we are not safe. But when we say seek an asylum today, is there a place that we as mankind can go that we can escape death? I want to read you 6th chapter and the 18th verse. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. We're going to come back to Hebrews in just a little bit. We're going to talk about this hope that is before us. But let's go back to the book of Numbers for a little bit. And let's read in the 35th chapter. Now, 35th chapter, let's skip down to the 12th verse. They shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger that the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. Isaiah, I believe, tells us in the 32nd chapter, maybe about the second verse, that man is a hiding place. Folks, I believe today that we can find an asylum, or if you will, we find safety in a person. And I want to tell you right now in the very beginning who that person is. We find safety and security in Jesus Christ. Those on the outside of Noah's Ark, did they find safety and security? No. You only find security when you are in Christ Jesus. You don't find an asylum if you're on the outside or you're at the border of a territory. You find that when you become a part of that or you get in that. So what are these cities of refuge? If you kind of mark your Bible there, and uh, like I said, we're going to read in a, in a few different places. But in the, the book of Deuteronomy, if you want to go over one more book right quick, here's what happens. 19th chapter of Deuteronomy says this. Think about an accident. Let me go ahead and while, while you flip over one more book right quick to Deuteronomy 19, let me give you a term that we have in our country. It's like manslaughter. It's where a death occurred, but it was not intentional. Again, I'm going to ask you this question already. Do we intentionally sin? Well, preacher, that's kind of a catch question because yes, we do, but no, we don't. 
We were conceived in sin. The Bible teaches there's two kinds of sin. There's the sin of omission, the sin of commission, the things that we know to do that we choose not to do, and things that we can't help. We just sin against God because that is our nature. Now let's, let's leave out the, the, the malicious things that you and I have done. Now, I have a feeling that I've probably done a whole lot more than anybody else, but let's talk about the unintentional things. Let's talk about the unintentional, I didn't mean to do that. Deuteronomy 19th chapter says this, 5th verse. As when a man goeth into the wood with his neighbor to hew wood. So in other words, we're going in the woods and we're going to cut timber. Let's read what happens. And his hand fetcheth a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree. So in other words, you're swinging the axe and you're going to cut down a tree. That's not a wrong thing to do. Nobody's going to hold you at fault or against you the fact that you're out in the woods cutting down a tree and you've got some help there with you. But when you go to take the axe and you go to swing it, the head slippeth from the helm. Now what that means is the head comes off and then what's going to happen? Again, that's an accident. That's not something that is maliciously, intentionally done. It is an unintentional act. Would you agree with that? Well, the head slippeth from, and it says, and it lighteth upon his neighbor. And that he died. Wait a minute. Here we are, our day just started out a normal day. We go out into the wood. I'm sitting here cutting down a tree, or you're cutting down a tree. The axe head comes off, it hits me and I die. And you're like, uh-oh, what have I done? That was not intentional. But by the law, the family could seek after that. Literally was this, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I don't care if it was intentional or not. If you took somebody's life, then you yourself were going to have to face the same penalty. Folks, today, aren't you glad today to know that in Christ Jesus, we can find a place of reprieve or a place that we do not have to suffer death. But it's not because that somebody didn't die. Jesus did that, but he did it for us. Notice what happens in that 19th chapter in the 5th verse. It said, and when you accidentally, that person dies, he said, he shall flee unto one of those cities, but listen to the last part of that verse, and live. That's what we want to look at today when we read in the book of Hebrews. I'm going to read that verse again. It says, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. I want to establish something very quickly this morning. Cities of refuge were not prisons where people were forced to stay with inside of. These were people that believed in order. These were people that believed in law. They just understood if you accidentally done something, you were going to die. They understood that. You see today, if you're ever going to be saved, you have to understand that there is law and there is order. And we're talking about God's law and God's order. You must believe in God's law. You must believe in God's order. But you also must believe you are guilty and that if the avenger catches you, you will die. You may say, well, preacher, I did not mean for the axe head to come off of the axe handle. You didn't mean to be a sinner, but you know what? That is something that is passed upon every one of us. Every one of us this morning, we are seeking asylum. 
Every one of us are seeking a place. Or more specifically, as Isaiah said in the 32nd chapter, in the 2nd verse, we are seeking a person. And folks, that person again, I will tell you, is Jesus Christ. If you're seeking any other place or any other person outside of Jesus Christ, then be careful, the avenger can and will catch you. By law, the avenger couldn't bother you when you went into a city. That's what we want to talk about for just a, a, a little while is that, that there was a, a place of an asylum. I read, I don't know, last night or this morning, you don't have to turn over there, but in the book of 1 Kings chapter 1, it talks about how there's an asylum and an altar. It was an altar that had the horns. In other words, if you were in this altar where there was an asylum, in other words, you were safe in this altar where the sacrifices were made. But you know what I find interesting is the, horn, the altar that had the horns, a place of asylum, it said one day that the horns are going to be removed. Amos did. Amos talked about the horns are going to be removed one day and no longer are you going to find refuge in any place in this world. Folks, you must be under the blood of Jesus Christ. That goes back to an old law and a practice about, about being covered by the blood of Jesus and how that uh, when, when you today are a sinner that the only way that those sins can be covered is by the blood of Jesus. Notice what happens in the 35th chapter and the 12th verse. They shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger. God didn't say I'm recommending for you to set aside six cities. He said, I am telling you, you will need six cities. God said, you are at some point in your life going to need an asylum from the avenger of blood. You need to find a place to run. My heart melts when I see these little children that they can't even hardly walk and crawl and they're growing up and they're, they're getting older in life, it absolutely crushes my heart to think about there's going to be a day that they're going to have to find somewhere to flee to. They seem so innocent, but the truth is, folks, we are all sinners. These cute little babies that we get to hold and love on in life, as much as we love them, there's still a sinful nature about them that they are going to stand in need of Jesus there's not a human being born today that can ever say that they do not need an asylum from sin and the very wrath of sin. There is nobody that is exempt from that. Nobody. No, not one. And we see that Jesus tells them here, He says, that you will need to set aside a city for the refuge from the avenger that the manslayer die not. You see, never in the Scriptures do we read or do we want to imply to anybody that justice should not be served. People think that, okay, if you run to the city, if you've taken somebody's life, you run to the city, even though you're guilty, you can hide out and you can avoid judgment. That's not what these cities were about. That's why I wanted to, to lay the establishment in the beginning. These are not prisons where people can go to. These are places you can go because of something you didn't mean to do. Did anybody in here mean to be born a sinner? I know that sounds kind of like a foolish question, but did anybody in this place want to or desire to be or ask to be a sinner? The Bible says we were all conceived in sin before we ever saw the light of day or we knew what oxygen and this is we know life. These were all things that we were all conceived in sin. The seed of Adam was passed upon all of us. The seed of sin has been passed from one to the next to the next. It's something that we all have upon us. 
But because of sin, we see that, that there, there's going to come a day in our life that we are going to need an asylum. And we see here that Moses talks about in the book of, well, we read it in, and also in Numbers and we read it in Deuteronomy and it's, we're also going to read about it in the book of Joshua. We may or may not turn over there, but Joshua chapter 20 gives us pretty much the same idea as what we're reading about here in Numbers 35. But it's about a place that we're going to need in our life for refuge they're going to seek refuge from the avenger that the manslayer die not. I believe that there's a place that we're all going to need to run to. And I want you to notice as we go through this scripture here that these cities were there as a reminder. What about these people? Let me ask you this. Do you know a place exists before you ever visit? In other words, they're building a store and you're like, well, when this store is open, I'm going to go in. I know what it is before it happens, but there's going to come a day I'm going to go in there. Or you see a clinic being built and one day you're sick, you know you're going to go into that place. These people knew about these cities and they were told in advance that when that time comes that you are swinging the axe and the axe head comes off and you take somebody's life, I want to tell you now where you need to go. Folks, you know why I believe so urgently that children need to hear the gospel? It's not that God is holding them accountable for their sin. It is simply us telling them when the time comes in your life and God convicts you of sin, where are you going to run to? If you're not careful... When people get convicted of sin, they'll run right to the world and they'll get deeper in it. Folks, I hope you all will agree with me when I say this. You are not going to find safety from the wrath of God in the world. You find it in Jesus Christ. Children need to hear. They need to run to Jesus, not away from Him. They need to run to where He is. And we see that these cities were set up and that they, they, they were all cities and they were provided by God. You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus was not something provided by, by Joseph and Mary, uh, the, the Virgin Mary. Folks, Jesus was provided by God. God provided a means by which we could seek an asylum that we, as again, Isaiah 32, and I hope it's in the second verse, talked about that we find safety in a person, that we find that, and we find that in Jesus Christ. And we see here in these scriptures is that these cities, even though they had other purposes, their main purpose was to keep people safe from the, main, from the, from the, the slayer that was going to avenge the blood. Do I believe that Jesus did other things while He was on the earth? Do I believe that He healed the sick? Yes. Do I believe that He did all kinds of wonderful things? That He fed the hungry? Yes. But I want you to know that, that even though a city had another purpose, its main purpose was to protect people from death. Folks, Jesus had many purposes, we might say, but may we understand His main purpose was to come and to seek and to save that which was lost. That's his purpose. That was his reason. There's a reason why he's visiting you. There's a reason why he speaks to you. Because he has given us what we stand in need of. We are guilty today. Preacher, you're making me feel horrible that I've done something wrong. It's not that you've done this by choice. Every one of us were just minding our own business. We were just out cutting down the trees as you read in Deuteronomy. And whoop, there goes the axe head. And now all of a sudden, what am I going to do? And he says, you must flee to these cities. One of these six cities that we're going to talk about, he said, you've got to flee to this. And what you have to know is there is power in these cities. No matter how bad that they wanted to avenge, they could see you in those cities. And as long as they could not enter into that city, we'll talk about this in a minute with the high priest, but as long as that existed and the, the criteria was right, they could not seek after. But if you ever came outside of that, 
or if something changed, then you would be held accountable. Aren't you glad today to know that there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ? And when I say power in the blood of Jesus Christ, folks, there is not enough uh, angels of all of Satan himself that can come and take your soul once you are saved. You know what? They're all on the outside. They're looking for us. They want us. They want avenge blood. But you know what today? We are safe in Christ Jesus. We seek asylum or we seek safety in so many places. People have comfort places, comfort foods, Comfort things that they want to do. But you know where our ultimate comfort comes from? Being in Christ Jesus. And again, I say in Christ Jesus, not on the outside, but being in Christ Jesus. In these cities, not only were they powerful, but I believe they were exactly sufficient enough to provide what man needed. You know what? Man had heard, these people had heard all their life that when the time comes, if for any reason you was to accidentally take somebody's life, not intentionally, but if you were to take somebody's life, again, asylum means to, to be able to seek safety from, from persecution or some kind of a judgment of something you didn't do. We seek asylum not because that we are malicious, intentional people. We're just a sinful people in need of Jesus, folks. That's exactly who we are. Not that we're bad people. We're just a sinful people that need Jesus in our life. And these cities today are everything that we need. Folks, let me ask you this. What do you need outside of Jesus Christ? Whom else do you need besides Jesus Christ? I love companionship. I love people. But I'll tell you this. If you ever get to a point in your life that you'd rather have a relationship with people more than Jesus Christ, you're missing out on what Christ wanted. He wants an exclusive, intimate relationship with Him. And I believe today that that's what Christ wants for us, to have that relationship with Him. And today that these cities that they they would begin to flee to and they would turn to, is that they were experiencing these, this, this, this running for their life. And as they began to run for their life, they would run into these places. And these places would have a purpose. And he said there were six cities that we're going to read about in just a minute. And what I love about these cities is that it didn't matter if you were a citizen of that particular area or not. You could flee into it. Now, I want you to pause for just a minute. If you were to get on a map, and we're going to talk about these six cities in just a minute. But they're going to be actually listed in the book of Joshua. And we're going to talk about that. I'll read them to you in a minute. But I want you to follow me for just a minute. If you get on a map and you look at the six cities, there's three on the one side of Jordan and there's three on the other side of Jordan. Now Jordan represents that which is life that the Christian must cross over to enter into Jordan, to enter into Canaan's land, sorry. But now why would there be three cities on one side and three cities on another side? You see, the whole purpose was, regardless of where you were at, God said, I want you to set aside a place that when it happens, they don't have far to go, that very soon they can find a place that they can find safety. Let me ask you a question today. How far do people need to go to get saved? Folks, I believe in this. I believe the presence of God is everywhere. I believe that there's a place that people can seek an asylum and they don't have to go very far. What good would it do to... Let's, let's set this scenario up. What good would it be like or what good would it do if you were to accidentally be cutting down a tree, the axe head comes off, takes the life of another person and, and it was too far away to get to a city. There's no way you can flee that far that fast. The, 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 the family is going to catch you. They're going to take you life. Jesus said, I'm going to... 
God said this, but it's going to happen through Jesus. God said, I'm going to provide a way where it is impossible that if you will seek me and seek me immediately, it is not possible for the family to catch up to you. Folks, today, if you've ever been held accountable for your sin and God has convicted your soul, today God is providing a place that you can flee and it's not very far away. But here's the thing. Do you believe that every person that is lost gets saved? No. And the reason is for delay. They hold off or they wait or they want to wait a longer. That's why if you've ever heard us say, and we continue to say this, if God is dealing with your heart, seek the Lord then. Don't wait till the end of a service or don't wait till the end of a week or don't wait till you can get home. Why? Because there is somebody, and when I say somebody, death is marching after you right now to seek vengeance upon what you have done. And we all, it's not just the Jews that did, but we all crucified Jesus by our sins. And the truth is, the longer we delay, the more that we put it off, the more we're given the chance for that family to catch up to us. And if they can just catch us, then it is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And you know what? I, I, I believe today in this, is that God is providing a place that we can run. There was three on the one side of the river of Jordan, and there was three on the other side. The Bible tells us that if in this life only we have a hope in Christ Jesus, we are men most miserable. Do you believe, I want to start on the other end of this, do you believe that we can find safety and security in heaven? Absolutely, preacher, that's what heaven is. We're safe from all harm. But you know what else I believe? That river of Jordan draws a line between the, the, the promised land for God's people, but it also represents the, the three cities that were for those on the other side of the river of Jordan. You know what it means? That folks, we can experience Jesus in heaven, and I believe in this. I believe we can experience Jesus on this earth too. Folks, if you've ever been saved, you ought to be shouting glory, hallelujah, that you have experienced Jesus. And the same Jesus that we experience in life is the same Jesus we will experience in heaven. Isn't that a glory, hallelujah time to realize is that death alone is not going to separate us from where the avenger can come after us. We're safe in life, we're safe in death, and we are safe eternally. We talk about all the safe places. We talked about it in Sunday school. I don't know, last week, you're not even safe in church as far as what you're being taught or the things that happened. And you're not even safe, as we mentioned in the beginning, you're not even safe in the womb of a, of a mother. You're not safe in your everyday lives. All the places we're not safe. But I want you to know emphatically this morning, you are safe in Jesus Christ. Now the world may be able to take your life, but they cannot take your soul and aren't you glad today to know this? No matter what happens to us, we are safe and secure. And these cities, as they were divided up on both sides, there was three on the one side of the river of Jordan and there was three on the other. But I want to read, if I can, that Numbers 35th chapter and 12th verse. It says, Then shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger. That means they're, they're coming after you, that the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. Here's where it gets a little tricky. If you intentionally or maliciously went into a city, took a life, and you went into the city and they heard you out and they thought, this was not an accident, this was intentional, and you lost your life, you still suffered the same consequence. But it was running from that which you cannot help or that which you cannot stop until he stand before the congregation in judgment. The cities of refuge didn't just eliminate evil. You know what? 
When Jesus died on the cross, I want you to listen to me real close. Was evil eliminated or defeated? Folks, I'm glad today to know that when Jesus died, evil was not eliminated, but it was defeated. And I believe there's coming a day that I, I don't even want to say if it's going to be eliminated. I believe that evil is going to be contained in hell. Folks, today I'm thankful to God that, that there's a city that I can go to. There may be evil on the outside. There may be all kinds of things that are happening. But aren't you glad today to know that Jesus gives us the victory? And we see that these cities, they're not eliminating the fact that sin existing. They're not eliminating the fact that these things were there. But what happened is that, that, that just because that these people could seek an asylum in these cities did not mean that justice did not exist. What it meant was is the people could still experience grace. Folks, today I hope there's one thing that we truly ponder and meditate on this morning is that justice exists... But greater than justice is God's grace. What do we all deserve today? Every one of us. None of us deserve a city to run to. But preacher, I was just, high, uh, just, just, just swinging an axe. An axe head came off. I didn't mean to do that. We're not saying it's about intentional or unintentional. What I'm saying is, aren't you glad today to know that even the things we cannot control, even the things that we did not mean to happen, that when they do happen, there's still a place that we can run? You know what our society would say? Well, it's not my fault it happened. You should have been watching me. It's not my fault this happened. You shouldn't have gave me a faulty ax. Boy, that's a lawsuit against the company, isn't it? That's almost 2023 right there. Going to sue the company because they made they gave me a defective ax. Aren't you glad today to know that through all the defectiveness of our world today that we don't have to make excuses? We can flee to Jesus and we can find security? I get real concerned about people that, that, that want to take accountability and justice and they kind of want to keep pushing it aside. Folks, we don't find it in anywhere else. We find it in Christ Jesus. And it says, until they stand before the congregation in judgment. It's not that we're not guilty. It's not what this city is about. We're guilty of swinging the axe. And the axe had come off and it took somebody's life. What it does mean is, is that God provides us a place that we could escape the one that wants to avenge the blood of those that have lost their life. John 6 and 37 says, The one who comes to me I will in no wise, in no means, he said, cast out. Folks, today, you go into these cities, if you come to Jesus, and you come with your heart. Not because somebody says, you, you see that guy over there? You need to go see him. Well, what for? Well, I don't, just get over there and he'll tell you what you need. Folks, today, I want to tell you what happened to me when I was lost. Nobody had to tell me that I was in trouble. What about you? Did anybody have to tell you you was in trouble or did you just know it? Well, there goes that preacher saying, you'll just know thing again. But folks, when I was lost, nobody had to tell me that the axe had come off and I had done something I shouldn't have done. I knew that. And that's what, that, that, that is a great concern that I have in our world today is that, that, that you don't have to know that you're a lost sinner. Folks, you have to know that you're a lost sinner and that you need help, that you need somebody to protect you. You need that. And Jesus said, if you'll come to me in no wise, he said, I will cast you out. Today, who are you seeking after? Remember what I said to you in Isaiah 32, and again, I hope I was in the second verse, that, that we find that, that rest and protection in a person. Aren't you glad today to know that Jesus said, if you'll come to me, I will in no wise cast you out? He said, you just got to come to me and you got to seek after me. And you got to find peace to your troubled soul. 
But I want to hurry along. These six cities, they were made of walls that were limestone. You know what happens to limestone on a bright, sunshiny day? It just glows. You know what happens to limestone at night when it's dark and spooky and scary? It glows in the moonlight. Folks, today, regardless of what time of your life that you're in or what's going on, there's a place that you can see that you can seek. But under the tradition of these cities, have you ever gone somewhere, you hadn't really been there, you're not for sure maybe where it is, maybe you've heard about the city, but you didn't know the exact directions, and you're in a hurry? Well, the last thing you've got to do when you're in a hurry is you don't have time to get lost or twist and turn. Because what happens when you take a wrong turn and you come back to that point, you miss the turn, all of a sudden the Avengers caught up to you. But the way the roads were, there was markings or signs. And they would say, Miklat, under Hebrew, which means this way to safety. I thank God for a New Testament church and the saints of God that are pointing lost people. They're not stopping them in the road saying, Son, what's your hurry? What are you running for? They can just tell that you're in trouble and you need to get to a place. Folk, I thank God that the church still has a place that people that are lost, that we don't have to bother them. We don't have to get in their way. We just point them to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. That's all we do. We point them in the way. And you know what? There was a very important responsibility that they had. They had to make sure that the road stayed clear. Man, there's nothing more frustrating that you're in a hurry. You're trying to get to a city. You're on the path. And all of a sudden, there's some kind of debris in the way. And guess what? While you're stuck, the Avenger catches up to you. Folks, I thank God that there are people today that are keeping the path clear. They don't want you to get deceived. They don't want you to get distracted. They don't want you to get hindered. They want you to get to Jesus. If there's one thing that I desire more than anything else, that the road would be clear, that the city would be available, and you find Jesus. There's way too many stumbling blocks in the world. And you know what? May we as God's people move those stumbling blocks. May we as God's people remove those things that people might find these cities. And they would point to those cities. And when they would say, McLeod, here's the place that you need to go. Let's go back to Hebrews for just a second. I've got to hurry. Hebrews chapter 6, if you stayed there, there was something important about these cities. That when you went to that city, that as long as the high priest was living and stayed in the city, the adventurer couldn't come in there after you. Well, some of my favorite scripture comes. I read to you Hebrews 6 and 18. Wait a minute. What's verse 19 say? He talked about the hope that we have in this refuge. But he said the hope that we have is an anchor of the soul. It's my soul that finds refuge. My body's still susceptible to evil, hurt, and harm. Matter of fact, even death. But I'll tell you this about my soul. Once I got saved, my soul will not die. Both sure and steadfast. And why? Because entering that within the veil. Man, there's a lot in that right there. We anchor inside the veil. You cannot see it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Which hope we have, both sure and steadfast, entered that with the veil. Whether the forerunner for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest. 
I said the high priest, as long as the high priest is living, they couldn't come in after you in the cities. Folks, Jesus is not going to die anymore. He's already died. He's alive. And when you enter into that place, it is impossible for you to have to suffer the consequence of that accidental manslaughter or that accidental taking of life. But he says, Jesus made a high priest forever, even after the order of Melchizedek. Well, and you can go back in the Old Testament. There's no, there's no genealogy of Melchizedek. Christ has a genealogy on his mother's side. But let's talk about his father's side. Does anybody want to tell me about the genealogy of Jesus on his father's side? Being God? God existed before we even knew what existed. God was before we ever knew what was. God existed. And you see, after the order of Melchizedek, which means that if he doesn't have a genealogy, which means he always has been, but that's not the end of that. It means there always will be. Folks, I believe that God always has been and God always will be. I believe that Jesus, I believe, is eternal. I believe that that salvation that He gave me when I become inside of Him, I believe that that is eternal. And when you get inside of the cities and you're seeking after an asylum and the enemy is coming after you, they can't bother you in that city as long as the high priest is alive. Aren't you glad today to know that our high priest Jesus Christ is eternal? Aren't you glad to know that He's not going to get dethroned or somebody's going to get mad or upset? He, after the order of Melchizedek, which means we don't know much about His genealogy. Sure, Melchizedek had an earthly uh, mother and father, but He's talking about Jesus. We don't know much about who He is on His Father's side because God is eternal. And we see here that, that, that this Levitical priesthood that, that we're reading about here this morning and again, that's back in the book of Exodus chapter 35. But this, this order that they had was to make sure that these cities were a place that people could, could seek and a, people, a place that people could go to and that they could find rest in Christ Jesus. And then he gets into the seventh chapter of Hebrews there. And I'm not going to read all of that, but he talks about how that third verse of the seventh chapter, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth the priest continually. I want to go back to the Old Testament. I hope you marked there in Numbers, and I told you Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua is pretty close to each other. You don't have to turn over and read these, but I want to read them to you. Joshua actually lists the names. I told you there was three on each side. Joshua chapter 20 tells us this. One, one was a city called Kadesh. That's what we read about here in Joshua chapter 20, by the way, that's in verse 7. They appointed, so here was the city, Kadesh. It means it was a holy place, it was a righteous place. Why would some sinful person that took somebody's life run to holiness? It's because we don't have it and we're in need of someone that is. Folks, we as unrighteous seek the righteous being Jesus Christ. But there is a holy place. And he also goes on to say uh, in that seventh verse, Shechem. Shechem means to shoulder. Do you remember what Isaiah said in the ninth chapter of Isaiah that the government shall be upon his shoulders? 
That means he's strong enough, he can handle it. Folks, today, I don't believe there's a sinner that can run into these cities that God can't handle. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I can't handle them, I can't handle her, I can't handle them, or I can't handle that. But I'll tell you this, God can handle it all. His shoulders are strong enough. We see that you also run into there. But he also says, another one that they mentioned is a place called Hebron. Which means a place of fellowship. Folks, we have fellowship with other people that have seeking asylum. And they're there also in Bazir. It means a fortified place, a place that nobody can to harm. And he says, Ramoth, which means to be exalted, a height above all things. But here's one that sounds familiar to us. He gets into the latter part of the eighth verse. And it says, in Golan, in Bashan, out of the tribe of Manasseh. I believe today that it means to be exalted. It means to be lifted up. It means to be rejoicing. But let me think about this for a second. If you need to be lifted up, what kind of position are you in? You're downcast. You're weak. And you need to be lifted up. Folks, I believe that's how you approach God. We crawl on our face that we are nothing but the dust of the earth. And you know what? He that exalted shall be abased. He that is abased shall be exalted. Folks, when you come humble before God and you look for that city, God can give you strength and He'll lift you up. Folks, I believe that Jesus is a place for the downtrodden. I believe that Jesus is a place for those that are unrighteous. I believe that Jesus is a place that don't have anybody and they need fellowship. He is a place today that, that we need to find strength and, 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 and refuge in. He is that place, but do you find that in Him? Well, I want to go back and I'm going to close with Hebrews 6 and 18 again. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Folks, man, a man is our hiding place, and that's Christ Jesus. God bless you this morning is my prayer. I want us to get a song.